Hey, dear listener. I'm Tara, and this is another episode of Immature Themes. The theme this month was best love songs, um, which was difficult for a chunk of this group as we tend to revel in heartbreak tunes, you know. And yeah, in essence, heartbreak songs are kind of love songs, but they're a bit different and we discuss the differences. Um, but I think we find some found some pretty good ones um, and I will throw them as always on the playlist that you can find on Spotify by searching Immature Themes, the playlist. This month also sees the return of Was He Ever Even Good Looking? So look out for that. And the Bat Pocket theme came from Seb, which was favorite side project. So enjoy. Well, what is the crack, everyone? Did uh, everyone do their love research? I did. Yeah. I'm a very romantic man. Well, like three out of the five of us are not not engaged in any love sense right now. You, that's a really fancy way to say single. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not really engaged in any love sense yeah, so. right now, but for the right girl. <laughs> Isn't it just fucking hell? Yeah. That's but fun. it's true. So yeah, there wasn't much research. Um I went out and found love purely for this uh this uh and that would be nice. This this segment. Well, this is yeah, like a imagine. vicariously living through other people's, you know, probably from the 80s, as songs tend to have been so far, tunes about love. I don't love. think you have to be in love to pick songs <laughs> about love, guys. Yeah, we that's can, what I'm saying. We can remember having love. You've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been um, fucking eternal sunshining everything, you know? You're just like erasing it from yourself. If you could eternal sunshine some parts of your life, would you do that? But you can don't I, learn from it then. Can I eternal sunshine you out of my life? You could, but you, you'd have like a five-year gap in your memory. And you, it, would like, it would interfere with a lot more than what you reckon. I, you know what I mean? Maybe that's what happened to Keith Richards. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think getting all that Thailand blood every year is kind of starting to fuck with him. Does it just wipe your memory, though? Because through the experiences you might have there's like in in your very very sinews of your being you are you know you have uh some residual whatever left over from any experience so in eternal sunshine respect like like it'll get rid of your memory but is there any thought given to the rest i mean if you learned how to ride a bike in those five years you probably could still ride a bike like like, have you seen? Have you seen the well, movie? I think it sort of covers that answer. I don't think it. Does. Well, that's what I'm asking. It does it. I don't think it. I haven't seen it. No, forever. it doesn't cover that. It does. It's like they have like, they have vague sort of deja vu feelings, and that's like almost like recovering memories. But we're going to get more into if what if you only played Settlers of Catan with, through uh, I said I said Kate Winslet or whoever is Kate Winslet's the. Mm-hmm. It is Kate Winslet. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, because I was then thinking 50 first dates and punch or no punch drunk love. Sorry, Zero. Which uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, Drew Barrymore is it? Yeah. The only funny thing from um 50 first dates is that like she always watches the sixth sense over and over again. And they all they every day have to pretend that they don't know the twist. It's like oh, the only yeah. funny joke of that whole movie. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, it was a ghost. <laughs> Spoilers, by the way. Oh my god. That guy in the toupee that was Bruce Willis the whole time. <laughs> I think he's bald in that. No, he's we have a toupee in it. He's got a toupee. Do they, I don't yeah. remember. I don't think I've seen that since the year it came out. It's not I think a very it was good a movie. That's just like an always sunny joke anyway. I stole. Hmm. You know I always got my piece on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I are we like one thing is like I don't know. We didn't do breakup songs yet, did we? Well, first you have to follow no. up. I think those are much easier. Anya and I were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. Like love songs are sort of hard because there's such good heartbreak songs that are about love, but they're not really love songs. Right. So I mean, I don't want to necessarily discount that here if somebody is prepared in that regard, but I do. Um, you did it wrong if that's what you prepared. Okay. Well then fine. Um I I would agree with that though. Yeah. I think that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But when you do boil it down and you you disregard those ones, uh, yeah, it's a little less or it's a bit more sappy. You can get into sappy territory here very uh-huh. quickly. Like I think I've got some really unique take on it. I feel like if it was a contest, 
I would be getting closest to touching the basketball rim. I wouldn't be able to touch it, mind, because I'm a short guy. Well, how about you go? You go, Seb. That's, yeah, you go first. No, and I want to your... wait. I, wanna, I think like if I come in third, <laughs> when there's a few other ones done, this mine will really shine. <laughs> <laughs> just, just shit all over the first yeah. couple. <laughs> I think me coming in at the start with the winner is going to be it's bad, bad, bad entertainment. All right. Well, Connor, let's um. No, Connor, why don't you tell us about Bruce Springsteen's love songs? Uh, so I opted not to. You know, this one is actually like I just was like, boom, first song. That's I know I know what it has to be, but I was thinking yeah. a little bit because, like, I mean, like uh, the vast majority of like Western popular music is kind of about love in like some form or another, you know. Um, and what is a love song? Webster's Dictionary defines a love song as, um, no. Um, I thought you were. I thought you were going to tell us. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> uh, Webster's Dictionary defines a love song as the sound made when birds sing to each other. Um, no, they'd be just they'd be just defining love and then song separately. I don't think they would have love. Song they might have love song. song. I don't know. Whatever. Dictionary of phrases, perhaps. I was even I, I was going like, is there a love song by Springsteen? Because like he doesn't really have like tougher than the no, rest. No, he write, he writes for the working man. The whole tunnel of love album has got a love as a theme, I guess. But um, no, I just like straight up went and picked Pale Blue Eyes by the Velvet Underground because um, it's a fucking really good song. And I kind of like it. It's like it's like a half unrequited love song. Um, it was about this bird, this bird. I don't even know her name. And... <laughs> It was like Louis's like first love or something like this. And he ended up going out with her, I think, or maybe got married to her. But at the time, uh, <laughs> she was married to some other fella. And this the song, if you know the song, it's like, yeah, there's a line in it that's like, the fact that you are married only proves you're my best friend and stuff like this. And it's kind of like, the whole thing is kind of like dancing around like something happened there's clearly something going on you don't know whether like she cheated on her husband with Lou or something like this there's a lot of like subtle illusions and stuff like this um <laughs> and but uh, it's just really good and kind of a rare moment of Lou Reed being like really sweet and genuine and not talking about shooting up heroin uh and the woman in question did not have pale blue eyes but hey artistic license you know did you go straight into that? You didn't have any honorable mentions? I didn't have said, any honorable mentions. No, I was just like... That's lazy. I feel like you just Googled it when we started. You were just like, Lou Reed, love song. That <laughs> uh, no, it was just like, that was that was the first one that came to mind. And I couldn't, like it was, usually I'm like, oh, this one's good. And then I think of better ones and better ones. But like, I was just like, I just, that came straight to mind. And I was like, fuck, like, there's really not going to be a better song than that. Like. You're making me wonder if um, Brown Eyed Girl is in fact not a Brown Eyed Girl. It's true. Well, I was going to suggest there, Connor, that maybe he was trying to protect the identity of this, especially if it was in, um, you know, suspect, uh, <coughs> what's the word, circumstances, with uh, married to someone else, or may have been more obvious who he's talking about in real life, if it in fact was someone in real life. <laughs> You think it's the, the defining factor? Crack. Like you're you're married to this woman. She's like, hey, I'm going hanging out with Lou Reed, and she's spending all this time with Lou Reed from the Velvet Underground. And then he <laughs> comes up with the song, and you go, well, it can't be my wife because she has fucking green eyes. Doesn't Her eyes are more of like a dark blue than a pale blue, so probably grand. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect crime. It's the essence of the song. Like it's funny that the woman didn't have pale blue eyes. Like, hmm. I mean, does he have? Does he have blue eyes? Is he singing about himself? No. <laughs> um, even if he did, I don't think he's singing about himself. <laughs> that would be a class song, though. It's like, hey, baby. It's You're me. going out with Lou Reed. Um, actually, I will throw out an honorable mention for the entirety of Magnetic Fields' 69 Love Songs. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good, and they're all love songs. It's it's there in the title. It's much like the DPRK. You know, it's democratic because it's got it in the in the name. Every single song on sixty nine love songs is obviously a love song. 
I I didn't realize that uh, there was a condition on the theme where it was love songs uh, specifically written in New York. <laughs> that would have that would appear to be the case so far. Kind That's of well, seventy of the songs presented so far have been written in New York. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see how it goes from here. Oh. Here, how about you go next? Do you have a New York song? I wonder if any of mine actually New York based. I'll see if that comes through. Um, Spotter's Badge for anyone that does recognize one of them as a New York song before I do. Um, let me see here. I was thinking actually, I was, I was joking the other day because when I was traveling in Latin America, specifically Central America, I don't know if you are familiar with bachata music. But it's pretty much all they listen to there. And like every song is about, you know, love and making love and my heart and my love is gone and da da da. So, um, anyway, I was chatting recently about that with a workmate, a Spanish guy, and he, we were joking about that. And he's like, yeah, every song's about fucking. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so that came to mind. But, um, I, the first one I thought of actually was Beach Boys, God Only Knows, which was nice. And then I was like, uh, obviously, the other one was Into My Arms, uh, Nick Cave, which uh, I hope someone didn't pick because I know you guys. I want to uh, circle back around to yeah. God Only Knows. You know, it's about his wife's sister, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't no. know that. It's my favorite yeah. Beach Boys song. And it's my dad's favorite Beach Boys song. <laughs> he was like, I, Man, I really want to bone my wife's sister better, right? This, wow. right? This does he kind of puts a bit of a weird spit on it, all right? Does he throw off the scent by mentioning a different eye color in the, in, in the midst of the lyrics? <laughs> I mean, I just don't think he really, one would just assume that it's about his wife, so. But God only knows what I do without you, but he doesn't really have her if it's his wife's sister. Yeah, it's kind of a funny well, thing. Well, I don't know. Fuck me. Like, or am I making this up? There's a chance I'm making I've had I where did you honestly I've never I feel like that would have come up at some point I don't know look that up because that fuck no one none of us have ever heard that and if it's true that's cool hmm. on a side note Dennis Wilson Brian's brother who is in the Beach Boys his solo stuff is really good I only got onto it recently it's worth a look is it all about Brian's wife <laughs> yes get in no but it's got some good shit man. it's like good psych rock stuff yeah, Brian's wife and Charlie Manson, right? <laughs> um, anyway, another obvious one for me was uh, Flaming Lips. Do you realize? I fucking hate that song. So I don't like it either. I love like, that song. I have anger. When I hear wow. it, I'm mad. Like, wow, split the room yeah, there. I, don't like Jesus. It I just think it sounds silly. It's nonsense. I can't even think of it off the top of my head, man. <laughs> It's so repetitive. Yeah. Oh, it's so good though. So much heart. No, oh, yeah. No. Okay. By the way, it's um, it's sorry, I I was confused. It's wouldn't it be nice? Is about the wife's sister. Ah, uh, okay. Well, at least one of them is uh, about her. <laughs> I'm not saying God only knows is about her. But... Wouldn't it be nice? Makes a lot more fucking sense, though, eh? Yeah. A chance would be a fine thing. Chance would be a fine thing. I had a couple of funny ones then. One was like uh, Kirk Van Houten. Can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, uh, heartbreak you know, song. That's a heartbreak song. Don't call it classic. Oh my you know? God. My sister will deny this. But she wrote, when she was younger, she wrote a additional like two or three verses to that song. Get out of town. <laughs> I'm going to call her up later. She had that, it's just that first four lines and she wrote like another eight and was like, that's a good song. Your sister sounds a lot like you, Seb. Yeah, if there's a cassette somewhere of that, please. Yeah. Please I don't know if there's a cassette. I, we had this Fisher Price recordery thing, you know, like a four track, whatever the fuck it was. I got to call her up, man. Yeah, she definitely did that. I have a memory of this. Yeah, that, that'd that be great. Get it um, on the playlist. Um, She'd have, she'd have to actually record it properly, get it up on Spotify yeah, <laughs> in time for like next week or something. Valentine's uh, Day release, new and improved. I borrowed an extra feeling. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, another funny one was like Mac DeMarco Viceroy because it's yeah. about his love for Viceroy cigarettes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, love it. God, you're really struggling, aren't you? 
the dark. No, no, no. I love that. It song. doesn't have to be about. It doesn't have to be about the, you know, an actual person. You know, there must be other ones too. Um, just off the cuff now, I'm thinking of bloody. Um, what's the one? Black Flag Beer Party or something? Uh, six Pack TV Party. TV Party. Yeah, TV Party. Yeah. You know, that's, you could go down satire. that road. That's not a love story. That's a satire. Or something, yeah. It's, Come on, it's not sad. Are they actually do love TV and cans? Oh my god, Paul! No, they don't love cans. They're straight edge. You kidding? Oh shit, those boys. Yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah. this so. It's satire. I think every single Black Flag song is satire. Hmm. Like they're all done with like a sarcastic viewpoint. I I don't think Henry Rollins has ever drank a bag of cans. To be fair, he didn't write the write the tunes. Yeah, no, he'd be like that, but I wouldn't. I never knew that was would be extended to them. Greg Gunn was not yeah. Greg Gunn was fucking high as a kite, twenty four seven. There, Henry Rollins. Yeah, um, he sings on that one though. Yeah, he does. No other honorable mention was Tom Waits. Hope that I don't fall in love. Oh. oh, that that reminds me of a guy I dated before. Like that whole album. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't. It, but surely that song is almost explicitly not a love song. It's an anti-love song. Um, it's I hope I don't. No, he's saying through the whole song, I hope I don't fall in love. By the end, he he does. I'm just yeah, mad. it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's like, <laughs> God damn it. yeah. So and that album's closing time. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder how much Sammy Sonics was like just picking from that. <laughs> like, I would like to hear Sammy Sonics sing. Uh, I hope I don't. <laughs> Hope I'm not falling in love with you or, or whatever that song is called. That'd be funny if they just like did a cover album of that whole album <laughs> just to be like closing yeah. time. Um and then actually I've got three more. And I suppose Yay. it could be anyone. But um see so yeah, it's funny because I really I struggled with this for a bit and then in the end I looking this morning I had to have a load. I know you were texting me yesterday being like, No, I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, no, well I had a few and I just wasn't quite happy with any of them. But um and actually the last podcast I realized when I listened back to it that I'd made a I've made a mistake. The villager song he does acoustic on his own on Jules Holland was not pieces. It was uh, the other one becoming a jackal. By the way. Anyway. Um but segueing uh, into Irish on their own dudes singing, uh, David Kitt was another one that has a great tune called Another Love Song, and it's off his first album. Um, and it's gorgeous, yeah. I always liked it. And I think it's his nephew who's who's probably 10 or 10 years old at the time or less, and he has him doing backing vocals towards the end, and it, it works really well. And it's um, it doesn't... <sighs> You think it would be sappy or something, but it's it's not. It's just there's a kind of uh, fragility to it or something that that lends itself to the tune itself. So it works out nice. Um, but then uh, what I thought was going to be my actual pick was uh, Pixies uh, tune called Cactus Officer for Rosa, and it's not like a, a sappy sort of love song. It's more like he's writing it to this chick, his love interest of his, and um she's not around him but he's asking her to send him like basically um she's basically saying go out in your dress in the desert heat get all sweaty and then send the dress to me and then the next line he's like you know uh drink your wine and eat your food and get it all over you basically but just make sure you wear that dress when you dine and send it to me <laughs> And then uh, eventually he's like, get out in the desert there and get it ripped on a cactus and get blood all over it and then send it to me. But it's, it is a love song, you could say. So um, I thought that was a really good one and not, not obvious sort of sappy one, right? So, But in the end, uh, for me personally, the one I would have really kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe spent time with and enjoyed in, in this, in an actual genuine sense was a uh, tender six a song called uh, dancing and it's just like a really nice soft sort of tender uh, they're not called tender sticks by the way they could be but um yeah tender sticks dancing it's just like nice little he, kn- he knew he was into it when uh, he, he was dancing with the chick sort of thing and 
another good dancey one. Actually, I completely forgot. And this is too many. I must have like 10 now. Neil Young, uh, Harvest Moon, which is a beautiful romantic. Oh, I thought you were about to say when you dance. <laughs> I thought about I thought about Neil Young, Harvest Moon. Yeah, I didn't pick it, but I thought I thought about that one because that's like a I, I know uh, uh, a few people that have had that as their like wedding first song. Sweet. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot yeah, of covers well. of that song, and like in the last five years, even you notice that. Yeah. Who, who do we see did a cover of it recently? It was someone. Widow's Peak. N- no, was it Widow's Peak? Yeah, they have one. They did it. At, they did it a few years ago. It's on like uh, an EP that came with their album. It's more recent than that. So that's Widow's Peak. Then two in the last year, like there was um, Jeff Rosenstock did it with uh, someone else. And there was another, a third one just recently. Anyway. You know, it's, it's, it's really ironic for people to have that at their weddings because he actually wrote it about Brian Wilson's wife's sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to skip over the fact that the Pixies have a fucking Army Hammer style love song here? Um, Army Hammer. Army yeah. Hammer, the guy who got caught sending all those cannibalistic fucking texts. Oh, sex yeah. Texts. That's what that song sounds like. Oh, yeah. Boar, yeah um, Paul's like Arm and Hammer. <laughs> Two paste song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um I don't know. That was that was all but um Um Greer, that was absolutely ten songs. Was it actually wow. in the end? Yeah. Was, uh, was, was there one that you actually picked? I picked uh, the Tinder Six oh, okay. uh, dancing, but it honestly it could have been any of the last five, probably. I felt bad with having like three honorable mentions. And I, was like, oh, I, I do. I have a lot call. as well, but we yeah. can just take from Connor's pick because he half arsed it. It's like I a cap and trade system. I didn't half arse it. I just fucking got the bullseye first time. All right. When okay. you know, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah. looking back now on just to close the circle, I don't think any of them were New York based tunes that I mentioned. I can't remember a single one except for the Pixies. Pixies. There's <laughs> Ireland, <laughs> fucking there's the Pixies, and then Neil Young, Beach Neil Boys, Young, Nick Cave. No, I don't, I don't, no, I don't think any of them Maybe the Tom Waits one could have been written in New York. Even oh, I do think that album is very New York y, actually. That, okay, I think so that it's... one in particular. We've got 71 New York to nine, not New York so far. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Go on next. Somebody, I hope I didn't jump on anyone's toes there. I might jump in because I think this is the sweet spot right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> sweet spot with Sullivan. Well, it's, it's, got, it's the first, first, I suppose, 60% of this theme is going to be the male perspective. That's true. Yeah. Five of us here. So maybe we'll, you know, with, Seb nice with the long hair is like the perfect kind of mix. Yeah. And <laughs> as you know, I'm a fucking hopeless romantic. Huh? Yeah, we can yeah, call this yeah. a Sebway. A Sebway. Boo. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, fucking first off was like, I've just, the last like, couple of weeks i've been listening to a lot of genesis and the cure like just early but you know me i only i'm a big genesis and phil collins fan but i only listen to genesis after trick of the tail when phil collins took over on vocals like 70 fucking two or something was it 73 i don't know or was it 79 anyway uh but i didn't put any of that in there because i feel like i've been talking about genesis a lot also any marissa nadler song and i know i mention her a lot as well so i'm just going to skip that over so any genesis or nadler song all of them obviously you don't have to put all those on a playlist uh one i picked was plain song by cure it's my favorite cure song it's on disintegration it's the opening track huge keyboard intro it's great Uh, that whole album is quite a quite a romantic album right oh yeah so you think love song would be the obvious choice there eh but plain song is a bummer and it's a love song around the like mid eighties, Robert Smith's wife, Mary, I think her name is, uh, stopped working so she could be around more when he's not on tour. And I feel like that opening song is about him missing his wife. Don't really have a lot of information about it. Just the lyrics, uh, they're very somber, but like one of the lines is you make me feel like I'm living on the edge of the world. And I, I just feel like he's just lonely on tour. And that album as well was a big changing point for The Cure, where he felt like they were going down the stadium rock route. And he's like, fuck this noise. And then after was Disintegration, the one of them left. Huh? 
Was he a flat earther? No. Yeah. He goes, yeah. He must be because he put it in a song. So that one, plain song, banger, love it. That whole album, Disintegration, probably one of the top five albums of all time. Uh, then here's a weird one for you Ultra Plagues, black metal band from Cork. <laughs> I know where you, I know it. Their very first EP, Through the Cracks of the Earth, or was it Sol? No, Through the Cracks of the Earth, then Sol. So, and then White Tomb. So, Through the Cracks of the Earth, the last song on that's called Skies Apart. And the vocals at the end of it, James does. I think Dave used to usually do them. And the lyrics are about him breaking up with his missus or they broke up and he never really understood why it went down. But they're really soppy. You just can't really make them out because it's, it's kind of the production on it's very home recording like, and it's black metal. But the last line is, because you mean the world to me. <laughs> act, I believe that to be a love song, Skies Apart by Alter of Plagues. It's my favorite Alter of Plagues song as well. It's just like off their first EP. Uh, that might creep into um, what we were saying from the outset that maybe that's a breakup tune. Oh, Separate. you're right. Sorry. Fuck. But, you know, it's a retrospective no... tune. Yeah. It's about love, though. Mm. It, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, it's on the fence. I'm sorry now. I didn't really take that distinction, but it is closer to a breakup tune. Yeah. Uh, then my actual pick, and it's another guy I've been listening to all old stuff all this week. Uh, the microphones and Mount Erie. Oh, God. Yeah. Like this, how does mother, like, I love tunes with an incredibly large amount of lyrics and like of Montreal, they've like two A4 pages back and front. Phil Elvram, man, that guy writes out a fucking novel and sings it. And I don't know how he gets through them. I'd be fucking balling listening to him. I don't know how he gets up on stage and sings the fucking things. But anyway. Fucking unbelievable, that lad. Oh, he's so What good. was the name of, what was the song you said? So the song, I didn't say it yet. Sorry. Ah, uh, sorry. You could, the thing is, you could pick any fucking tune a lot of the time. But his wife... Genevieve Castres, she's French Canadian, I believe, but lived in Vancouver. She passed away. They had a daughter together, and she died sometime in 2016 or 17. And he released a bunch of albums after he did. A Crow looked at me, and then Now Only, and then did a live album called After. And the song is <laughs> Tin Tin in Tibet. Wait, what are you laughing at, Paul? <laughs> I know it's terrible, sad, and I love I, lo- I love that stuff, and but it's terrible. But just the 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 title, the crow looked Look at, at me. me. Yes, it's the first <laughs> album after his wife died. It's it's heralded <laughs> as his best album as well. Oh, it's fucking unbelievable! And I I the actually the I, is my favorite. But yeah, I was I was looking up a bit of Mount Dury this morning as well. I was like, oh, this this is too much. Like this is like bereavement bereavement music as opposed to love but it is like it does so anyway Tintin in Tibet though is absolutely a love song the first line is I sing to you and then the first two verses he kind of goes on about even though you're not there who am I singing to what's what's the point he goes even and then he just says I sing to you then he goes back in time and thinks that the first time he met her when she was 22 he lived in Washington state state the state of Washington outside of Seattle I can't remember where uh, took the ferry up to Vancouver. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. Took the ferry up to uh, Vancouver and met Genevieve. She was 22 at the time. And then he just goes through him playing a show at a cafe. They take another ferry to a small island and he reads the only book out loud to her while she was resting. And it was Tintin in Tibet in French. Then it hops forward in time to her being on her deathbed and talking about I, I, what I gleam from it is like, when she dies, she'll be kind of part of the cosmos again, you know, and it, he talks about her floating above the sky and mountain. And the reason I bring up the live album earlier, I said there was a, th- a third album called After. In the live version, he changes the lyrics a little bit for the last verse where he's saying, I know you're probably floating above the mountains or whatever, but he, he makes it really dismissive. And he's like, but really, I just wish you were here watching your daughter grow and then goes through all of it. And then the last line is, so I sing to you. Oh no, the last two lines are, I get up on stage and I sing, but to who? And he goes, I sing to you. And I'd be fucking dying every time I listen to it. It's a real sad one. How long were they together? Oh, fuck. Like seven years, probably. Seven or eight years, huh? Probably more. If she was 22 and they met, she would have been 33, so 11 years. 
she passed in 2017. So it'd be like 11 years. Yeah, it's great stuff. It's you want to be in a certain mood to be listening to it though. You, yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. <laughs> set you down a little spiral if you weren't in the right frame of mind, yeah. listening to stuff like yeah. that. But really, really incredible. Yeah, that's the frame of mood you want to be in. Like you don't want to be like, hey, happy fist bumping party mood. Like you want to be like, I feel like shit, and I want someone to come down the rabbit hole with me. Yeah, but I said that thousand on Friday. We were like, it's the weekend coming, and I listened to all the early microphone stuff and I was kicking into Mount Erie then and I came down and she's like you seem a bit off and I was like oh I listened to a load of bummer Mount Erie tunes because I knew it would make me sad and I was like well 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions <laughs> <laughs> she was 35 when she died so after she was 22 when they met 13 years oh well that's sad yeah. but I, I haven't listened to that song so I, I'm yeah. looking forward oh, to listening to it it's really yeah. sad but, but you're kind of not like really looking forward to listening to it. You're like, yeah, okay. But like, I'm not like. Well, I'm looking forward to like appreciating it, knowing the, a bit of the backstory. Like, yeah. The whole album's very like diaristic. Right? It's very, yeah. It's very on the nose, but it's not like, it's like fucking, and I don't know, are we still allowed to listen to fucking Sun Kill Moon or not? Probably not. But I know I still have been. I have as well. But the, his diaristic tunes are too on the nose. They're just like, so I, I watched you play Pokemon on your phone. At least Phil's are a bit like, there's a nice bit of subtlety to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Bit more, uh, yeah, a bit more nuanced. A bit more tact. I mean, on the Sun Kill Moon side, he kind of hit a sweet spot with Benji and then he went too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Anya McGraw, yeah. do you want to go next? Let's come to the female portion of, uh, of love songs. Yeah, uh, does that mean that I'm less female than you? <laughs> For going in. No, you're, you're just <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, so, yeah, it was, an, it was interesting because, like, I definitely, like, obviously have notes and had to, like, separate everything out, being like, oh, no, that's about breaking up. That's about love. That's about breaking up. So I decided in my mind to think about would I play it at a wedding? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, not like the time that um, at, at, a, at a wedding that Carmen and I got them to play Natalie and Brulia's Torn and we sang oh. it. And, like, that is not a wedding tune at all. Like... <laughs> true, true. Uh, so, um, yeah, so like I had, yeah, I, I feel like it was a lot easier if it was a heartbreak one. Because if you don't, I don't purposely go around looking for love songs, but you know, when I've ever been heartbroken, I've definitely been like, you have your go-tos, you know? Um, So scrapped half the list and uh, ended up with, I'll start with my honorable mentions. Um, One of which I actually heard at a wedding and I thought it was really good. Um, Prince, Purple Rain. That is a love song. It was my brother's first dance song. My best friend's first dance song as well. Yeah. I was like, wow, that, was, that was really nicely done. Um, so that's a great one. Um, another one that kind of made the list but is painfully obvious is Cindy Lauper, Time After Time. And the reason I chose that um, as my honorable mention is because it's like, it just reminds me of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. And I always think of it being a song about friendship. <laughs> um, other honorable mentions in excess never tear us apart um these were all really obvious ones but i just went i it. love in excess that's been like one of my like i've been listening to like albums of theirs just like pick so me up like it's so good yeah so then for my main i'm kind of flying through but um yeah i was just gonna say that the i decided to just go with the obvious ones because it was like they're obvious ones these are the ones that are coming to me for a reason they're clearly the best love songs. Um, <laughs> Otis Redding, How Strong My Love Is. That's How Strong My Love Is, was my main pick, which is probably really obvious, but I actually really enjoy it. And I think it's... Um, I don't know that song. You don't know it. It's great. Yeah. And it's How does it like... Go? Does anyone know who's comfortable singing a bar or two? <laughs> I'm not going to subject you to that. 
I don't know if I know it. I don't know if I know it well enough to hum it. Yeah, I'll check it on the playlist. It's got lovely lyrics, and I was like, "That's, you know, when you think about love, that's what you want someone to be, to be writing in a card to you on Valentine's Day." Like, I'll be, we'll go with the first verse. If I was the sun way up there, I'd go, I'd go with love most everywhere. I'll be the moon when the sun goes down, just to let you know I'm still around. It's lovely, and uh, it's got a killer key change in the middle as well. It's not dramatic. <laughs> QED. <laughs> I should uh, I mention um, me and Connor were talking about this guy last night and uh, I forgot to put it on the list, but it's another Otis, except for Otis is the guy's second name. It's Shuggy, Shuggy Otis. Um, oh, he's good. What a segue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A segue. Um, what is this? A strawberry letter 23. Oh, that's such a good song. Yeah. So, and I was saying to Connor, I thought it was because they were, his love interest was sending him like letters. And this could have been true as well. But then I read something else today where it was like, like there were strawberry scented letters. But then I read today that it was actually a kind of back and forth call and answer sort of um, song. So he doesn't actually name the song. The song is number 23. But he doesn't mention 23 in the song. He mentions it's 22 because he's responding to her letter, which was number 22. And yeah, yeah. that's cool. You get me. Yeah, there you go. I have, I have one other thing to add in about my, my pick. Um, on the list of those who've covered it, which is long, Rolling Stones, Brian Ferry, a bunch of people, baked into the list in 2012, Nick Hucknell did a cover. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say Rob and Jerome again. And I was going to say, get out of here. Unchain Melody was just almost Mick as bad. Good for him. Big, big United fan, Mick Hucknell. Yeah. Fucking great, great set of lungs on him. Anya, you, um, yeah, you lead us down some rabbit holes with uh, off-the-cuff choices. I just wanted, it was all a ruse just to get Mick Hucknell in there. I mean, oh, any simply uh, red song's a love song. I love true. the thought of coming home to you. Money's too tight to mention, isn't it? Money's too tight to mention. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Well, like, the, a guy a lot of love songs. Know, the, all he's singing about is love songs. And probably, like, Buble, probably all love songs. Like, mm, yeah. sappy, sappy stuff that, you know, I don't know. It probably, as kind of alternative music fans, a bit, we might... St- steer clear of sappy love songs a bit more you know I feel like Seb is gonna discount that or disagree with that you know like I just know a lot of sappy love, I just know a lot of folky stuff and a lot of less love song based well actually a lot, now that you t- say it it's a lot more breaky up stuff than love songs right? but like would it not be true that yeah popular... a lot more angst than happiness yeah, yeah like popular music is, is dominated by you know sappy love songs really like just kind of yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's like Probably, I would argue, do you think it's possible that there's more breaky up songs these days than love songs? Like all the Adele stuff is breaky up songs. All the Taylor Swift stuff seems to be kind of mm. a revenge type angry songs. I would say like Adele's yeah. first track was a breakup one. But I think if you've gone through a bad breakup and you're feeling annoyed about it or upset about it, you're more likely to write a song about it than... Yeah. Well, you have to listen to a couple more love songs. I'm gonna go through my picks if that's all right. Can I can I say one? Um, what, can I add one one last thing? Of course. That, um, just about me, Cocknell and love. <laughs> no, actually, no. I don't. Do you not remember? No, <laughs> no. He he claimed he was an expert in love because I remember seeing a, a news headline years ago where he claimed he had slept with over two thousand women. Oh, I remember that. I'd believe him. They were big in the 80s and you know what was up like. I love watching um, those like VH1 classic albums documentaries because they're like, they're kind of just like fucking spinal tap. Like there's always ridiculous shit in them. And there was, I watched one list, one list of be read ones. And one of the other lads in the band was like, ah, yeah, Mick, even before he was famous, he always had like fucking models on his arm and always would rock up to give these beautiful women. And I'm like, who fucking paid you to say that? Well, obviously Mick did, but like, I don't believe it. No, doesn't make. You never know, man. He had a unique look in the eighties. That's that's enough, you know. Yeah, he, yeah so did fucking Rocky Dennis, like, but 
No, you would like it's not like Mick Hucknell's he's just redhead. That's it. You're yeah. just giving him a hard time he's a redhead. Not, he's not, he's not also the redhead. He's, not, not, he's just a not a good looking fella, no. Lady. Nowadays, because he's like fucking 60. His he's got a spud face. Yeah, but yeah, he does. Like was know. he ever ever hot at any even ever ever? <laughs> Never oh, ever. Are we bring it, we're bringing we're bringing that like back. He's than really what hot. you're giving him credit for. You know what though? Okay, his I'm, face. I'm looking his, him up. His face is like you know those aging apps where like you put your face he's aged exactly like one of those apps would have predicted <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's aged like career if you put career into one of those apps and look at him he was getting it he was getting it in the 80s that's such a unique look hair, at that hair. Like that's, look at the second one. Oh, he was getting it yeah I don't know mm-hmm. wow sorry I have brought us down a rabbit hole <laughs> I'm telling you. (laughs) A hole? No, no, that doesn't work. Uh, (laughs) All right. I'll try and bring it back up now after that. Um, We should always let Anya go last. (laughs) Um, But one of the choices, I have a bunch as well. Well, I have four. Um, One of the songs that we kind of touched on earlier uh, that Widow Speak did a cover of. is Romeo and Juliet? I really love that Dire Straits. Oh song. yeah, you said this. Um, that. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking when. Yeah, yeah sweet. Widow speak. I was like, that wasn't the one you sent us, but I didn't ask at the time because I didn't want to. Yeah, um, I've always loved the Dire Straits version, and then the Widow Speak one is just really beautiful. They do really nice covers, and then I was wondering if it was a love song, but I do think it is. It's sort of like a yeah, like a Romeo and Juliet serenade sort of thing. Um, having the records really helped because you can read the lyrics. So yesterday I did a little poke around to try and find find good tunes. Um. And then um, a song after that, that is like, it's my Bruce Springsteen, I think, is that I've mentioned PJ Harvey a number of times on this podcast, but uh, I really love this song. Um, you said something, it's from Stories from mm. the City, Stories from the Sea. Um, and it's just kind of like, I think it's a love song. I, I definitely count it as one, but what I really like about it is that it's kind of like almost a snapshot of a moment of you and a person. So it's like, um, they're on a rooftop in Brooklyn and like, yeah, the whole lyrics is like, uh, you said something I've never forgotten. And then they're like describing the whole thing and it's just, you said something. So I like the um, capturing of, of a, a moment that you're potentially having in a relationship rather than it being like a, a, a broader love song. It's just, yeah, I don't know. That spoke yeah. to me. I like that one a lot. Great. Yeah, great joke. And then I really liked, um, this is from Waxahachie's new album, St. Cloud. Um, but there's a song, it's the second song that's called Can't Do Much. And uh, she wrote it about Kevin Morby because they're dating. And uh, it's really nice. It's just like, I mean, she's got that wicked high pitched song singing. So I'm not going to attempt it. But um, the chorus is just like, I want you all the time. Um, and it's just like about like different feelings and just kind of wanting to be with that person. And uh, at the start of lockdown, her and Kevin Morby did like um, Instagram live gigs a lot, like once a week. And like, it, it was kind of good because it gets like, you know, they just kind of say off the cuff, off the cuff insights into songs and what they were written about. And um, yeah, she mentioned that she wrote it for for Kevin and uh, I love Kevin Morby as well. So I, I love that they're dating and that you get to as a fan track their relationship. Ah, Quavian. Um, yeah. The inevitable amazing breakup albums, huh? Oh, yeah. Two. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. That's the hardest part about lockdown is not getting to see Morby at least once every quarter. You know, he was always yeah, early Morby. I, I Morby. miss seeing his suits. He has those great uh, show suits. He just wore like really tight denims and a denim jacket and boots. Like most of the times I've seen him, that's like a Canadian tuxedo, but like wicked tight jeans. No, he had the. Oh, no, oh, I guess he no, he had like, no. You're right. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, like a blue old timey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like music. Each tour notes, he has a different suit. Notes on it. Yeah, he did. Like a baby blue one. I think I was thinking of the video for Campfire. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> Who do you think would have a better breakup album, Waxahachie or Kevin Morby? Waxahachie. I agree. I agree as well. <laughs> Kevin Morby's songs are much more optimistic. Hmm. His he's got like I feel like Morby will go back to doing rock and rolly stuff like Dorothy and 
They've both veered into country sort of stuff mm. at the moment. Like, um, yeah, you can definitely see that. But so those were my honorable mentions. And then my actual pick is another uh, romantic couple that you can find. I'm showing you the record. Uh, Keaton Henson. Do you guys know who Keaton Henson no. is? No, never heard. So he's this British singer and composer. Um, he, in the like nine years that I've lived here, he's only played Toronto once. He's got like crazy anxiety and doesn't play gigs at all. Um, and we saw him on your way there with us. It was at the um, um, the Great Hall. That's the one on Queen Street, right? No. Yeah. 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 Around the corner. Yeah, it's above the above the longboat. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah, so it was there, and um, he played the piano, and it was just him playing the piano and a guy playing the cello, and he had basically had his back to the crowd the whole time, but it was amazing, and it like sold out, and it was just like it's the sort of music that like you could hear a pin drop, and like you just kind of would cry. I have, I don't think I've ever actually cried at a gig, but I was close to crying at that one. Oh God, I cried at so many gigs. You never cried at a gig. No, never. I've been close, but I've never, I've never proper teared up. Go see Sufjan or go see fucking uh, Phil Everham or whatever. Everham? Yeah. Um, but so Keaton Henson in, this is like an early 2000. And so if you Google some of this, some people say that it was sort of fake to try and get them boosted up um, in internet search or whatever, but I'm going to, you know, pretend that uh well I like to believe that this was true so he dated so he's British I think he's from London or something um so he does really interesting stuff now he's like this artist he does paint uh, paintings and he released this um book that he also composed where it was a physical book that but actually was a radio as well so he could like plug headphones in and like listen as you were reading along to like his poetry and like he did all the sketching it's like all this very weird stuff um but I think he scored a bunch of movies now as well and like he's been like writing orchest orchestral stuff um but this album is called Birthdays so he used to date Soko which I'm sure I've talked to some of you guys about that French singer that I like mm. um she's like a model and a singer and she lives in LA now but she has uh, an album that I like a lot so her and Keaton Henson dated for a very brief time and then like he wrote this album like about her and it's like kind of some of them are like breakup songs and like devastation songs but some of them are really lovely um so like one to point out is the second song it's called 10am Gardenoir which is very good but that's not the one I'm gonna pick um the one I'm gonna pick is called You and uh it's just like a really really beautiful song so I am going to read some of the lyrics it's kind of like it's written very much like a poem if you must wait, wait for them here in my arms as I shake. If you must weep, do it right here in my bed as I sleep. If you must mourn, my love, mourn with the moon and the stars up above. If you must mourn, don't do it long. If you must leave, leave as though fire burns under your feet. If you must speak, speak every word as though it were unique. And if you must die, sweetheart, die knowing your life was my life's best part. It's just like really sweet. Like a little, nice. little sweet song. This is the word of God. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Yeah, it's how he wrote that entire song and didn't mention lizards once. <laughs> it can be done. We keep telling you, Seb. It's possible. Don't think so. Um, but yeah, even like in his uh, acknowledgments, he like names a bunch of people, and then at the end, he just says "and her." Um, but then in response, she wrote this reply, this song that's just called Keaton's song, and it's like after they broke up, and it's just kind of like this scathing not too scathing but it's like you portrayed it one way in this album and here's a song where I'm gonna like explain to you what I actually think it's about and she there's a great video on YouTube where she plays the guitar and just has a cello player with her so it's like mm. it's back and forth and um it was like early blogging internet time when they dated as well so apparently there's like website like messages back and forth to one another so I love when I can have a nose into other people's relationships and then they write beautiful music about one another yeah. It's great. You call that the Bebo effect. Remember, there was no DM on Bebo, <laughs> so you could just like watch people beef in real time. Fucking oh, sweet. Yeah. And Joe, you know, the thing is, I was so late to Bebo. Like, I joined it when everyone already had joined Facebook, so I was so late to it. But I was like going back Bebo after Facebook. Like, I was very late to all that, but. I was like going back reading old beef that was months old because no one was actively using it. And I was like, this is sick, man. It's like a diary people shit. 
Speaking of that, that concept of Tara of back and forth between as famous musicians, I guess. Uh, Bill Callahan went out with Joanna Newsom. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Cat Power. I won't. Cat Power, I know. Uh, wait, I, know. I did not know he went out with Joanna Newsom. Did not, yeah, for a wee bit. Um, but there's a, there's a tune he does. Well, it's as smog, but uh, it's called your All Your Women Things. And it, it's kind of, I guess it's a period stuff. Yeah, I guess it's a breakup, but breakup. Get your tampons. Get your tampons out of my. <laughs> no, it's get all, the... all your women stuff out of my bathroom. Is that what it is? And, and oh. the fucking moisturizer. <laughs> yeah, he's referring to all the. Your razor. Get your pink razor out of here. Oh, Sorry, Paul. Ornamental things and frilly things and different stuff like that. And anyway, but apparently she has a, I can't remember the name of it now. I have listened to it, but she has a kind of answer sort of song to that as well. There you go. I love that stuff. What's the song she has for that then? I I, I, can't, oh. I can't remember the name, but you would be able to. I'd what rather buy what a new year are we talking? Again. <laughs> you what? what? What kind of year are we talking though, Joanna Newsom? I, I, I've got, I'm a big Joanna Newsom fan. Um, I just wonder my year. I'll try and find it after, but it, yeah, you, yeah. you know. You, you I wonder what would be all your men things. You wouldn't even be that mad. You'd be like, I'm wearing your t-shirt. Well, me and Alison both share hair scrunchies now for keeping hair out of face when washing well i think washing my nose i think he's kind of using these um these things as like uh he's kind of listing them almost and as a way of saying like i don't know i don't really understand you i don't get you like or like this is a bit alien to me or somehow like that and then i think so is it is it a breakup or is it a love song then it, it's that's breakup when break, I'm break up yeah break up for sure which yeah. you know but I was going to say, it'd be really interesting if we ever do an episode on breakup songs and try not to think of anything that we've just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of territory. There. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I got us covered. That's when Connor's going to come with 20 songs. <laughs> Fucking shit. I've already, I've already thought of a Springsteen song. little uh, intermission music. So back pocket. Back pocket theme. When I came through this and in my head, I was like, this is stupid, but now I'm actually really liking it. What's your favorite song from someone famous's side project or a second era? And I'm, I got to give you two examples to show what I mean and don't mean. If you were to say Paul McCartney, you can't give me a Beatles. You got to give me wings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What about a solo Paul McCartney? You can give me solo Paul McCartney as well, because he is best known for the Beatles. Mm. However, if you were to give me Peter Gabriel or Phil Collins, I argue they're best known for solo. You can't give me Genesis either, because that was their first thing. That wasn't their side project. And they're better known for solo. You can't give me either Genesis or Phil Collins. It's got to be someone's side piece or piece after that's lesser known than the main piece. Does does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's a good. And I wanted to talk about Genesis again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm immediately going to pick Paul McCartney's Ram album (laughs) I I was going to say you can't pick Paul McCartney as well but you got it I was going to pick Maybe (laughs) Amazed by Paul McCartney I I love that Ram album and I remember when I I found it on vinyl in Kensington and it was only like 8 bucks and I was like yeah this is great what a good find and then I googled it and everyone's like slated his worst album like I feel like I'm the only one in the Uh world that likes it (laughs) It got a real cultural 
reevaluation. Oh, I think it's so good. There's a song on it that I really love that's called Smile Away. And it's basically about like giving two fingers to anyone that's bothering you. And it, it's like, it has the great beat. It's like, dun, 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 dun. and it's like anytime, you know, somebody comes up to you, they look at you funny, smile away, smile away. It's great. That's a good show. You're lucky you got in there because I was like, you can't use the examples I've just said. (laughs) (laughs) I I can think of another one. Yeah. I'm I'm jumping in there with that one. Smile away. That's fair. Yeah. The obvious pick to me would have been George Harrison, like Traveling Wilburys. But then that's like super group. I don't know. I love George Harrison too. Mm -hmm. That one, um, what's that song he has about like love that is actually about God, but I thought it was about love. Um, my sweet lord yes I thought it was my sweet love because <laughs> uh, I was like how the fuck did you not realize <laughs> oh but he completely the misheard title. the title I, yeah 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 and he's singing the whole, my sweet love that's what I thought it was about and then I watched that four hour documentary on him I've watched that about four times it's so good um, and then they talk about how he is well into his like spiritual phase and I was like oh I misunderstood that song I'll go. I obviously um, had. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do you have more? Well, yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, my favorite Nick Cave song, maybe I think I might have talked about this in the last time on the podcast, is that Grinderman song, um, mm. Palaces of Montezuma. The way, the what's it called? Grinderman. It's called Palaces of Montezuma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said that yeah. one. I did. I've said that before. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's ha- a side project. Have you heard of the term Montezuma's Revenge? Yeah. It's like, it's poop yeah right? so i can't every time i hear montezuma and the term montezuma i'm like yeah <laughs> diarrhea we i we had this exact <laughs> conversation before i'm telling oh yeah because it's every time i hear it man <laughs> i have one i heard recently and i never fucking heard of this in my goddamn life and it's a surprise because you think you would there's a band called master system and it's the Hutchinson brothers from Frightened Rabbit, Scott mm. Hutchinson, and two brothers, mm. Justin Lockie and James Lockie. Justin Lockie is from Editors. Sweet. Your code name is Milo also. And his brother, James Lockie, on bass. Uh, What's the so song I'm, that you'd like to pick? So the, the thing, it's the last song on that. The only one album came out in 2018, so probably not long before Scott passed. But it's a very much like a Frightened Rabbit song. Like the lyrics, the song's called Bird is Bored of Flying, and the lyrics are like, do you ever wonder why the bird is bored of flying or never has to be a bird at all? It's clearly like a metaphor for like no interest in being alive. But it's really fucking catchy. I only heard of them after he passed. Um, but I did think about Frightened Rabbit and the theme of love, but his is very much heartbreak. Yeah. Fucking. I only heard of Frightened Rabbit really well, Gregory used to always be on about him, but we were, we were at a, when yeah. Paula first came to visit before she moved to Toronto. Merchant inside of Sweaties, and she was banging on about him. So I was like, oh, I'll check him out. Oh, I saw ago. them play here. Like, I saw them play here three times. Three times? No way. Yeah. Twice. No. Danforth, the Mod Club, and uh, maybe twice in the Danforth, actually. Sweet. When Connor gave me his ticket um, to when they played the um, Midnight Organ fight, uh, start to finish, and you gave it to me because you'd already seen it, and then he passed like three months later. I'd seen it really recently as well. Like I saw them like twice or something in that year. So good. And that's like my favorite album. And I like went on my own and it was still that. I almost cried at that gig actually. I, I cry just, like, every so time I see good. it. Absolutely. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. I, that's R. I. like the first um, musician for me where I was like genuinely upset when he passed. I was like bummed for, for a long time after. Ugh, man, every time there's a, the jacks in the three speed, someone's put like a sticker up that's like tiny changes and that song in particular yeah. gets you like and it's a picture of him and every time i'm like taking a piss in there i'm like fuck's sake lads mm. yeah, i told you in, in one of the in one of the bars in new york they had this symbol and they were like thinking of scott and i was like oh my god <laughs> like bawling crying at this bar in the east village had, had any i don't know if any of you guys had heard master system or heard of never only afterwards i thought they had afterwards. a different there was yeah. another project that he was involved as well a bunch that of i had stuff, heard yeah. of this one, it just came up on my recommend something. I think it just rolled on after one of my playlists on Spotify. And I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah, it's the track bird is borderline. I've heard of Oil John. That, that's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, 
Al John. That's a solo, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, when he passed, KEXP did like a day of just like listening to um song like kind of stuff about him, and I like made a playlist of the songs they picked because it was just so good, and I think they had some master system on it, so that's what I would have heard. Hmm. I, I've I've got I got one. It's this is a tough one, and it like particularly getting like there's like I was kind of thinking about some bands I like, and there was like, um, you know, ones where I'm like, oh yeah, I do kind of like this song of like a side project, but it wasn't like one that really resonated with me, and I thought it would be a bit of a fucking weak sauce thing. Um, but the the song in particular that comes to mind is um, it's by Chris Bell. So Chris Bell was in Big Star, uh, and he wrote and sang as well as Alex Chilton, but was kicked out of the band after the first album. So the first album's got a couple of a couple of um, Chris Bell songs on it, but the rest after that's just Alex Chilton. Um, and he tried to start a solo career, but he didn't. He was kind of troubled, and he died in a car crash, and just, I don't know, sad boy. But he's got this song called I Am The Cosmos. There's actually that Irish band who are kind of like an electronic band are named after it, but it's not electronic or anything like this. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it's just an absolute banger. It's really, really good. It's really like, it was like the only thing he really released solo while he was alive. Um, and it's kind of just really good, like kind of power pop, kind of a bit of a melancholic song. Yeah, and every so often I just fucking stick it on. It's great. I never heard of him. Yeah, you'd like it. It's a real Stone Cold Bummer. I'll give it a whirl. If you're having a hard time, you can lax up on the rules a bit as well. I'm pretty strict with those rules there. I can think of a bunch of side projects. It's like, I mean, if you think of anything that John Dwyer does, I just can't think of songs because his are all like albums. Like Damaged Bug, I really love their stuff but there's not like a song that pops out like i just love tara that you're like yeah, sure think of john dwyer my favorite musician well you can do second <laughs> wave as well so you could do mars volta you know because i'd argue those boys are best known for at the drive-in you know yeah i was thinking I, so get that. I was thinking uh, Angle. i was listening today this morning to jape and i mm. it's hard to say no, he might be more well known for jape than Reading Manifesto. That's the, you know, I would say Rednecks, definitely Rednecks, man. Well, it depends what age you've got the most plays on Spotify. Depends who you ask. Fuck. You know? Like, if you were, let's say you were 10 or 15 years younger than ourselves, you might know Jay better than Rednecks. So, it's true. Um, yeah. And I was trying to, I was trying to find a song uh, lying on a deathbed. You know that one? It's not. I don't think it's on an album or it was a B-side or something at some point. So it's not actually on Spotify, I realized this morning, but a great tune and um, it's posted somewhere. Maybe it's Bandcamp or something now at this point. But um, <laughs> that came to mind this morning. Sweet. Yeah. And then... Uh, You're a good lad to pick the Irish stuff. I've done all right the last couple of weeks for that stuff, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, fair. Um, but before I thought of that, I thought of um, Sebado. Uh, you know, mm. oh, yeah. more famous for Dinosaur Junior, you would you would say, or uh, absolutely Falcon Plosion as well. But um, so if to pick a tune, yeah, I don't know, license to confuse, maybe, whatever. Um, isn't Sebada is is it one of the lads from fucking Rocker from the Crypt? Is in that, or is that Drive Like Jay? Or they do. Uh, that's Drive Like Jay. That's Drive Like Jay. Yeah. Well, actually, there's definitely a fucking connection to Sebada and that. Crypt and Joe J as well. I don't know. That would be um, a good back pocket theme. Um, best supergroup or supergroup songs. I'm also picking Mastermind because <laughs> or Master System. <laughs> Slightly different to this. You could I'm going through my discogs. You could go down the the route of you know Queens of Stone Age, but then like Desert Sessions or Caius. Any of that stuff is really good. Probably not the most well known. Yeah. Oh man, there's yeah, oh. some great that first Desert Sessions album, the, the one and two, which is like all the other ones are kind of like have all these like guest musicians and stuff, but one and two is just kind of like real it's instrumental stone rock stuff. It's fucking so good. What would your Caius pick for one tune be? Oh, I don't know. One inch man. Know. Nah, nah. Um, don't do the little, don't do the little. 
my guys are so i never come back to them that often but when i do they just they hit so good like yeah i remember there was a lad I never never listened to them they're really good there was a lad um we were kind of living in a hostel in in australia for a bit and there was this welsh lad that was hanging around and he was i was always off his head but kind of likable fella but he would always be going on about Caius. He's like, Caius, <laughs> in the Welsh accent, the way he would Caius. say it. Like, Caius. Caius. <laughs> <laughs> like, or he'd be going on. Yeah. Dylan Thomas. <laughs> if you back him up. Oh, do you know I'm from Wales? <laughs> it's a difficult accent to do without sounding Indian or something. Anyway. I, yeah, I, it's, such, I it's such a good accent, though. I love listening to it. Yeah. Do like a good Welsh. Yeah. Do you have a pick on you? Um, no. <laughs> um, what about um? What would be the side project for? Is Wham George Michael's side project? Oh my god! It's like uh, you read my mind. That's the only I one I had, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, is yeah. it because Wham is not as well known as George Michael? Like, I think Wham's more famous, known. He became famous for Wham. Yeah. Um. You could. I mean, the rules are well loose. Then George Michael himself is the side project. <laughs> I guess that would be the case, yeah. That's like the what second be, era, second wave. What would be your George Michael song? Um, oh, what's the one? Is it They Won't Go When I Go? The It's off uh, Listen Without Prejudice. Um, they Won't Go When I Go. Brilliant song. Give it a give it a listen it's uh that whole album is really good um i also want to say um sorry i'm just searching it while we're doing this which is probably not the best thing to do oh um tim darcy his solo album the singer from oats mm. um he's his tim solo album is really good oh steve um, may savage solo that's the good stuff Oh, uh, uh, right. A Savage, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Stephen A. Savage, is it Andrew yeah. Savage? A. Savage? Is it just A. Savage? It's just A. Savage, yeah. Who's oh, I think Stephen A. Savage might be a fucking footballer. That's Robbie Savage, <laughs> okay. A. Savage, A. Savage is from yeah. Parquet Courts, yeah. That album is so good, yeah. Um, what song would you pick? Do you know any of them off the top of your head? Yeah, um, what's the fucking one? Buffalo Calf Road, no, Buffalo. Buffalo calf roll coming. Look at them into the ass of it. It's a song about Custer's last stand. I think it's called Buffalo calf roll. Hang on, let me Google this. Jeez, I'd love an old um, apple crumble with uh, custard. 